everybody. Welcome to Fireside. Good to see you all here tonight. Uh, we're going to read from Luke 2, verse 8 through 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will be great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to on those whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Good night at Fireside. Hey, if you are new here, my name is Andy. That was Kate, my wife. We co-lead here at Fireside. Um, we, we lead here with Connor, who was just rocking Oh Holy Night over there. Wasn't he rocking that? And his wonderful wife, Liz, is also on staff. And we're just so, so glad you're here. Hey, just want to let you know, parents, we see you. You know, don't worry about your kids. You know, I got a bunch of kids at home, so it is white noise to me. So just do your best. There is, however, in the gym, there are toys. So if you need a break, you can go out there and uh, take a rest. But I just want 15 minutes, and then we're going to um, have a special song, and then we're going to have Candlelit. Uh, silent night kind of to end the evening and uh, I'm excited for tonight. We just read this story and we read about shepherds and I got I am not a shepherd. I never played one. Actually, it, in fact, I did play one for Fireside Kids, but I am a farmer or I was a farmer, meaning I had chickens. You know, Chip and Joanna Gaines, they really ruined our life in this aspect. Magnolia, and they made it sound so easy. You're going to have chickens, and you get fresh eggs, and you'll have them just run around, and your kids will love them, and it'll be beautiful. But that's not the reality. It's, the reality is you got a lot of, like, chicken stuff to deal with. And we live near the woods, so we had coyotes, foxes. And so, like shepherds, one of my jobs was to protect these chickens. And in the middle of the night, I would hear this crazy sound. I would be disturbed from my sleep, and I ran out. Three nights in a row this happened to find a fisher cat. Anyone know what a fisher cat is? Staring me at the face. Now, fisher cats are, I think, the spawn of Satan. Staring at me, hissing at me, and I'm out there at 3 in the morning wearing, like, sweatpants and looking goofy and yelling, Get out of here! And these things learned how to pry the chicken bar and I was defenseless and they would go and they would kill my chickens and I can tell you how annoying it was to get disturbed three times 
until finally I said, Kate, we need to get rid of our chickens. And we did. Disruptions in the middle of the night are typically not good disruptions. You don't typically get a phone call at 2 a.m. by a friend just to say, I love you, unless they're coming from a holiday party or something. It's usually, hey, I'm in help. I need help. I got in an accident. There's bad news when you get disrupted. In our household, you know, we have a four-year-old who likes to wander at night, and it's never a good disruption. Sometimes the silent disruptions are the worst. A few months ago, it was about 3 a.m., and I felt a presence in the room, and then I heard, <gasps> and about six inches from my face with my four-year-old staring at me, and it scared me to death. Bad disruptions. And here we have the angels disrupting shepherds on an average night, and they said, do not be afraid, I bring you good news. They are disrupted. Not all disruptions are bad. When our girls were young, Emmy and Ellie, Blake was just a little baby, we got their PJ, PJs on, we put them in bed at around 6 p.m. They didn't know what time it was. And we put them to bed, and then we went back decorated our minivan with Christmas lights, got hot chocolate, played Christmas music, and then we woke them up. And they thought it was in the middle of the night. It was really only 6.30, and we said, hey, we got a surprise for you. And we went in the car, and we went on this light scavenger hunt, and we went to all these light shows, and that was a good disruption. And when the angels came, it was good news. It was good news. Maybe some of you are being disrupted by just being here tonight. Maybe you're dragged here by a spouse or a family member. You've got presents to wrap, football games to watch. And you're thinking, the last thing I want to do is go and listen to a bald man talk. And for those, I just want to say, my prayer is that this is a good disruption with good news. See, the shepherds, when they woke up or when they were done with their night shift, a good night is a night of no disruptions. You can just imagine, hey, Belle, that was a great night. We, had, we went to bed with 254 sheep, and now we got 200, 255 sheep. Yeah. That was a good night. And here's my fear. is my fear that we want to have the same thing. We want to live life disruption-free, don't we? It's almost like we just want to get through the world every day. As long as there's no disruptions, there's no problems, nothing happens. It's a good day. But here's the thing. God came to disrupt your life. God came to disrupt your life to give you life. God came to disrupt your life, to shake things up in order to give you life. He doesn't want you to live just a disruption-free. I believe that God has more in store for you than you could ever imagine. These shepherds got to see the Messiah in person. That was a good disruption. And then you read this verse. It says, suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared. Every single time I hear that verse, I think of my grandmother. My grandmother, who just went to be with Jesus a couple years ago, 
she would tell me the story, and I would ask her to tell me over and over again. When my grandfather went to be in heaven in 1990, he was a man who did a lot for the kingdom of God. He was a pastor. He impacted many people. And he was on his deathbed, and it was at the camp. Now, if you don't know, Maine camps are basically lake houses. So he's at the house at the lake. And it's the day that he goes to heaven or the day before. And my grandmother tells me the story that she went out and she looked and there was a sunset over the lake. And she said, the sky was filled with angels. My great-grandmother at the time was also alive. And she said, Virginia, which was my grandmother's name, they've come for him. And she saw the same thing. And later we found out that my grandfather, who couldn't speak at the time, looked out the window and he saw it. And every time I hear this story of what the shepherds see, I go back to my grandmother because she gave me details. I said, Grandma, what was it like? And she said, Andy, I cannot explain it. She said they were the most, they were flying, they were, they were just rejoicing. It was the most beautiful thing you could ever can't even imagine. And so when I was in high school, I, I clip-arted a picture of the pond, web pond, with a sunset with all these little angels. And I Graham, was it like this? She's like, no, but it reminds me of that. So every time, this is what I say. So it's just beautiful. And here are these shepherds being disrupted in the middle of the night to this huge divine disruption. But guess what? This isn't what caused them to praise and rejoice. They, they really, the reaction was this. Maybe we should go check it out. Let's go see what they said. See, the disruption gave them directions. I think that we live life searching for God to disrupt our life. God, if you would just reveal yourself to me, bring angels to my backyard, do this for me, show yourself, then I would follow you. And I'm here to say that you need to do more than that. That God knows that that's not going to do it. In fact, if you do not follow the directions that maybe God disrupted you with, then you're not going to find the life that God has for you. In fact, in Middle East, the church is growing more than anywhere, especially in Iran. The place where if you claim to be a Jesus follower, you could be put to death by law. And it says that these Muslims who are converting to Christianity, a third of them started their transformation with a dream from Jesus at night. I actually met a few of these men who had a dream of Jesus at night. But here's the thing. The dream is not what transformed them. In the dream, in this disruptive dream that Jesus came, Jesus gave them directions. In one particular instance, this woman had a dream of Jesus. And he said, go to this market at this time. You will see this man looking like this. So she did. She saw this man, went over to this man, and this man was a missionary. And for the next three hours, talked about Jesus. See, the disruption is there to give directions. A lot of people think that, even Jesus said, if someone was raised from the dead, then I would believe. And that's just not true. Disruptions help, but it's following the directions. So there's two groups of people here. My guess is this. One, there's people who are saying, I don't have the directions to Jesus. Well, good news. I'm going to give you those directions now. For those who are seeking Jesus, here are three Things I believe that the Lord has for you right now. Here are the directions for you. One, would you read his word? 
We have the ability to read about Jesus. His book is filled with directions to know who he is. And I would start in the book of John. Now, John was one of Jesus' inner circle, one of his best friends. And John wrote an autobiography about Jesus and wrote many of his teachings, his miracles, and his resurrection. And at the end of John, he said, I wrote this so that you may believe that Jesus is the Son of God. So start there. In fact, there was a Muslim man who had never read the Bible, who had never heard the name of Jesus, runs into a missionary. And he said, I want to show you something. And he shows him his journal. In his journal, it starts off with this. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. The Word was with God. And he had the book of John written down in his journal. And the missionary said, well, how did you know this? She said, every morning a man in white shows up to my uh, doorstep and says, write down what I tell you. You would think that that disruption would be enough, but no, there's directions in that. So read the word. Read the book of John. If you listen to Marvin's story a couple weeks ago, it was Matthew that brought him to Jesus. Number two, ask people who know Jesus about Jesus. Now, there are going to be people, there's a disclaimer, that say they know Jesus, but not be, they may not be living for Jesus. Find someone who say, I believe they're living for Jesus. I admire their relationship with Jesus and ask them about Jesus. And if you're sitting here and you're following the directions, would you open your heart and your eyes to people who are asking and seeking about who Jesus is? The third is ask God. Now, I know this sounds weird if you're seeking, but I believe God is wanting you to talk with him even if you're not sure him exists. And listen. Go to prayer with him. And then there's people here who have said, I have found Jesus. I've been following his directions. But Jesus feels distance from me right now. And my guess is there's many people right now who are feeling the distance of Jesus. And I wonder if Mary was feeling the same thing. And let me explain a little bit because we see this one verse that says, But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. This interaction with the shepherds did something to Mary's heart. Mary had these dreams. Jesus came to her. She had a miraculous birth. And, but we don't see much during her pregnancy of any other disruptions. And you could imagine Mary going to the stable and saying, where is Jesus? He must be distanced from me. If I'm giving, baby in a, a giving birth in a barn, Jesus may not be near me. Is this even true? I'm questioning my disruption. And then these shepherds come. And these shepherds share what was going on. We saw these angels, and they told us about Jesus, and it was glorious, and it was amazing. And look, we're seeing exactly what they said. And I believe it was a reminder to Mary and an encouragement to her that Jesus is close. And so for those who feel distance, here's my hope for you. Would you come alongside someone who's experiencing Jesus for the first time? The best way to be discipled is disciple others. Would you step in? Because by watching and being a part of someone else's transformation, you will be encouraged about your own transformation. And I do believe that God will give glimpses and encouragements as we follow Jesus. These divine disruptions. For me, one of the glimpses for us as, you know, our oldest daughter went to be with Jesus a little over two years ago. And the day, the day before she went to be with Jesus, we had five friends and family who all had a very similar dream of her in the arms of Jesus in a field 
And paradise in heaven is often described as a garden. And one says that Ellie looked and says, I don't hurt here anymore. And there's these glimpses that just say, all right, Lord, you feel distance, but this is a reminder that you're close. And I believe that God will give us these glimpses in these disturbances, but we also are mandated to follow his directions. And then it says, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. This is the message. And here's the message. Another way of saying it is peace is available to all who accept it. There are a lot of anxious people right now. Our world is anxious. We've been talking about this on Sundays, how fearful our country has been, how anxiety, how uh, uh, many emotions we're feeling. And Jesus comes and gives us peace. And you may be thinking, I don't feel that peace. I got problems in my life that are causing me to worry. And we need to define peace. Peace is not the absence of something. It's the presence of someone. And that someone is Jesus Christ, our Savior. We believe that peace is the absence of our problems, that if God loves us, he would get rid of all the problems and pain in my life, and therefore I will have peace. It's not circumstantial. And I have news for you that you live in a broken world. I live in a broken world. It is not a problem-free world. It will never be problem-free. It is a change of our perspective that Jesus, the creator of the universe, our Savior, has entered into our lives. And therefore, we can have peace. The other day, I was sitting outside under the stars, and I was looking at the vast universe, and I was like, God, you created all of this. This is amazing. I, I can't even can't comprehend how big this is. You know, this is, this is just enormous. But yet, God, you love me intimately. You created me. You knitted me in my womb. You know me. And this is how big God is. God is so big that anyone who encounter, encounters him in the Bible, the first thing that happens is that they're terrified. But yet, God is so personal that he loves you like a father, like a daddy, and he knows you. And you may be thinking on Christmas, I think of baby Jesus as this little baby, but if you could just reorient your mind that like this Jesus is a conquering king who is the creator of the world, of the universe. That's our king. As a band comes up and as Bela and Emmy come on up, I want to close with what Paul gives us for encouragement. And this is in Philippians 4. And it says this. Do not be anxious about anything. Those are pretty big words, aren't they? Okay. <laughs> but in everything, by prayer and supplication, meaning give everything to God, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So he says, come to me. Basically, come to me, sh share with me, tell me what's going on. And it doesn't say, well, then God will make it okay. No, no. Then it says this. When you come to God and give him everything that's going on in your life, it says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guide your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. And I love this idea that peace of God that transcends, surpasses all understanding. I don't understand it. 
And I just want to be honest with you guys as we go into this time where I want you to, to, to receive this peace because this is the reality. Peace is not something you achieve. It's something you receive. Peace is not something you can work for. If I, if I live like this, if I do like this, if I exercise like this, then I'm going to receive, I'm going to achieve peace. That's just not how it works. It's something that you receive from Jesus Christ and Jesus alone. And I can tell you from my personal experience of walking through the fire and still on the coals and many times that I can say the thing that the only thing in my life that gives me peace is when I can recognize and reorientate my life and knowing that God is on the throne, that Jesus has come, he has conquered, and one day all will be all right. He came in to save you. He came in to make all pain and suffering go away, and that's going to happen one day. There will not be one tear. There will not be one uh, cry or pain or suffering. You're going to be with those who know Jesus. You're going to be in paradise. You're going to be with Jesus, and this is why he came. So let's celebrate. Let's rejoice in that fact that Jesus has come. This is why we celebrate Christmas. It's not a little baby who can't do anything. It's the king who can do all things. That's my God. That's your God. Would you receive this God in your life and say, God, I need peace. And stop trying so hard to work for it and just accept it. It's here. It's here. And do not be afraid because it's good news. Lord, thank you for the good news of your Savior, Lord. Thank you for the peace that you can just come in, Lord, and no matter our circumstance, Jesus, that we know that you got this. We don't. You're with us. Lord, I pray for anyone right here, Lord, who's struggling with the directions. God, would you make it abundantly clear right now? I pray for those who need divine disruptions to be encouraged, Lord. I just pray for that right now, Lord. Jesus, you're Number one priority is that your people come and love you and know you. And by knowing you, we receive the peace that only you can give, Jesus. And it's in your precious name we pray.